lights go down and shadows fall. Welcome to a world of mysteries, of conspiracies, of hidden and forgotten knowledge. There's a world more strange, more frightening, and more fascinating than most people ever imagined or dared to contemplate. Your parents, your teachers, never told you the whole story, either out of ignorance or fear. Your politicians may know, but they keep their mouths shut. The door is opening. Throw off your chains and blinders, arm yourselves with the truth, and take a walk along the razor-sharp precipice of the Outer Edge. That's right. Once again, you are listening to the Outer Edge. The edge of madness, the edge of darkness, the edge of my seat. The edge of coherence. That's right, and which I have none of tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Tim Swartz, and with me, as always, is Michael Mott. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, man. How are you? Ah, not too bad. I'm uh, still amongst the land of the living. I uh, I did a, a, a polar plunge today to benefit the uh, local uh, uh, cancer center and the leukemia association and uh, local food banks, and uh, so you know people uh, people pledged to for some reason to to have me jump into a uh, a frozen lake for about two and a half seconds so wow <laughs> well some people say it's good for you i'm not big on that unless it's accidental <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's 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 one of those things that uh a shock um, to the system yeah yeah well let's see where, where is i think it's like uh, uh russia and places like that i mean right. they uh they, they they do it like a steam bath first and then they go outside and and plunge into the frozen water and then they then they come out and i guess they like they whack each other with uh um uh, birch branches or something, something bizarre like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a little too weird for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I seem to remember. Gosh, uh, what was, um, what was the Russian you know, uh, premier? Actually, I think I think he was still he was still president. No, it was after the the Soviet Union had just dissolved, and uh, Gorbachev was out, and and this other this other guy took his place and um he actually was it yeltsin yes yes boris yeltsin which yeah. i which i i had the, uh, the the pleasure of meeting one time after he had uh, uh been tossed out of office but i guess he had whoever was president at the time um he 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 made that offer he said you know we we can we can solve all of our problems all we need to do is just take a take a steam go jump in a frozen lake and then beat each other with these birds uh Birch branches. So that probably didn't go over too well with whoever was president at the time. God. Well, let's see. It would have been uh, uh, Bush Senior, I think. Wasn't Bush it? Senior, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking at the time. Well, Yeltsin was uh, was well known for his his love of the uh, alcoholic beverage. Yes, he was. I was going to uh, go there as well. Yes, he loved the potato uh, elixir. Well, and that's uh, that's what he that's what he told us when he was uh, here in the United States. He he said that he loved the United States because it was just like a giant bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. It's a it's it's a 
it's a giant oh, and lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, that's you know, that's what makes America great. It is. It is. Eat, yeah. drink, and say whatever we want to. Supposedly. <laughs> Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, you just. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what's uh, what's going on uh, down uh, down south in Mississippi tonight? Oh, gee, I don't know. You know, just uh, same old thing. I got some stuff I'm working on and writing about. You might have, might have seen some hints about that, but I'm not going to talk about it on the air right now. But uh, you know, there's always something going on, and uh, um, yeah, <laughs> and. I don't know. I've been watching a few interesting news stories. I saw that they're going to try to do some RoboCop stuff in Florida where they're actually making a a remote-controlled robot that's going to go around giving people tickets. Really? Yeah, it's supposed to be real intimidating looking and all this kind of stuff. And I figure it's just going to provide a target-rich environment for people that like to vandalize uh, remote-control vehicles. But, you know. We'll see what happens. But, uh, <laughs> That's that sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss I miss that one. Uh, well, you know, I, well, I mean, there's been the controversy, uh, not really controversy, I suppose, more of an online discussion for a while now about uh, you know what's uh, uh, what do people expect to happen uh, in, in reality the the robot apocalypse or the zombie ap- apocalypse. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm starting to think the zombie apocalypse is, is already well underway. It's just not the type of zombies we need to believe it would be. So, you, 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 so you're not you, you you don't expect the. Uh, <laughs> I think we're having a zombie apocalypse of apathy and stupidity, and that seems to be uh, something that seems to be ongoing, and it is in fact an epidemic. So. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that if 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 you go back and look at um, writings from 500 years ago, you'll probably read the very same thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think that today we, we have really lost touch with uh, what it means to be human in a lot of ways. Everybody's so plugged in and turned on to this and that and they just don't they, they even are losing the ability to communicate effectively whether it's writing or or having a conversation uh, you know interpersonal interactions with other people they really are losing it and they, you know I see people all the time driving down the road with the phone held up tapping away and you have to say you know there goes a dumbass <laughs> there goes a zombie. Uh, oh, I, I, I know what you mean about that. I mean, um, you know, it's uh, seeing the people texting and driving. I mean, that's that's, yeah. that's a scary, that's a scary situation. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then again, you have people that are going around chopping off heads and burning people alive in the name of some nebulous thing that some man in the moon that told a guy he could rape and marry a little girl. So oh, well, did you? Did those you are zombies s- too. So, Did you see the footage of, uh, I can't remember where it was, you know, Syria, someplace like that, where this little old lady came up uh, to this truckload of uh, um, ISIS uh, soldiers and just was reaming them out. 
and you know say saying that you know you don't you know you you know you had to uh, I get the gist. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you had you had to, to uh, you know go by whatever the translation was, but I mean, you know, she was in there. You don't represent me. You don't represent my people. Yeah, yeah. You don't represent the you know the yeah, yeah. Uh, the Allah that I know. And the guys in there, they were just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, you got to understand this though. She's a woman. She's not supposed to talk back. That's the first yeah, thing. Yeah, she, she didn't society. care. <laughs> yeah, in their society, that's the first thing that they that they really want to push. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, you know, I mean, I hate to say this, but and call me whatever you want to, but if you have read the Quran, and I've read large tracts of the Quran, you know that I have. If you've read it, if you've read the Hadith, so if you have studied the actual history, then you know that the guy that founded the religion was a bandit. That's how he started out. He stole from people. He took slaves. He murdered people. He killed his enemies. He killed people who refused to believe he was a prophet. You know, he raped people. He took women as slaves when he would take them from the men that he killed. He he forced his best friend to give his little girl to him in marriage. And the guy didn't want him to, to have sex with her when she was six, so he waited till she was nine because he was such a nice guy. Uh, according to the Hadiths, he gave her dolls after each session so she'd feel better. I mean, this this is the guy that's held up to a huge segment of the world's population as the perfect man. This is the man you emulate. This is the guy you try to be like. So there's got to be this huge conflict in that worldview where they, they're, where you know what's right and you know what's wrong. And you can go around saying all day, oh, yeah, that's wrong. But then it, you, you get it with another group of people and you say, well, so-and-so did it. So we should do it too. You know, we, all we have to do is, is quote this verse right here that says you could do this. And that's, that, that's sort of the, the, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The cognitive dissonance that permeates that culture. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, well, and so, well, you know, I, yeah, I don't see ahead. that changing anytime soon. I, I think it's going to take people like that woman you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a whole bunch of people like that, like millions of them, oh, yeah. to stand up and say, hey, you know, otherwise it's not going to change. It's, it's just going to get worse. Well, so. that's, you know, and that's, that's the way it is. That, that's the way it's been throughout history, you know. I mean, yeah. you get, you get a, you know, like a, a, a group who thinks that, you know, they, they know it all and then, you know, try to yep. force their opinion on everybody else. And I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen throughout history that that doesn't end up lasting for a long time. No, but you know, cause the, it, it, the, the thing that stands out about this is the extreme bloodthirstiness and brutality of it so you know like oh, i said yeah, zombies yeah. zombies abound mm-hmm. there's all kinds of zombies in this on this planet there are zombies who want to control everybody else's else's speech and thoughts oh sure oh, oh yeah you know yeah. everywhere so yeah i mean yep, yep. that's uh you know, we're zombies I mean, we want you to be zombies too <laughs> don't say that you can't say that you can't right. think that you can't eat that don't smoke that be a zombie like me and like the rest of us, or else. That, that's that's what political correctness does for us. So you know, all, all across the all across all across the board. You know. Yeah, so I, I guess mean, that's our big announcement tonight. We are in the midst of a zombie apocalypse, and the thing is, nobody <laughs> knows. Everybody's asleep. That's right. That's right. So so uh, we will raise our flag of dissidents and welcome then our new robot leaders who will help us 
with yeah. the zombie apocalypse. Well, isn't it exactly? <laughs> or, or our new so-called alien overlords, yeah. who probably aren't really aliens at all. You know, we're here to help you. We've come to save you from yourselves. We have guided your evolution. You know, we made you. You know, we're just here. You belong to us. You're really our property. And people will be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw that on TV. That's got to be true. Well, you know, that's what uh, that's what Werner Braun Braun said. You know, he uh, uh, he, he said at one point that, um, uh, that those in power will initiate um, crises. And uh, uh, what did you, I think he said, like, the first one would be the Cold War, and uh, the next one would be terrorism. And, um, or, or, or maybe the next one would be, you know, like financial crisis right. and, and terrorism. Right. And then, and then the last one would be, you know, the, the alien, the alien invasion. Alien yeah. invasion. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, either he was just really astute or maybe he had a little, uh, uh, you know, inside track. Yeah, I think so. I think that there could be a lot, <coughs> excuse me, a lot going on here with, with the whole alien concept. I think that, you know, we need to really start thinking about um, what's true and what's smoke and mirrors, okay? Mm-hmm. And by saying that, I mean aliens, okay, it's a lot easier to blame stuff on aliens and then think you have no recourse if you believe, oh, gee, they're not here anymore. They flew away to another planet. You know, what can we do? You know, they're on the other side of the galaxy. When actually, no, they're not. They're under the ocean. <laughs> they're under the mountain. They're in a secret base. Whether they're aliens or fallen angels or Nephilim or ancient humanoids or hidden hidden humans, uh, whether it's in a rogue Nazis, whatever they may be, even if it's more than one, ultra terrestrials from another dimension, you know, it's a lot easier for us to for people to just wrap their mind around, oh gee, they're from Mars, you know, than mm-hmm. it is to think about, oh no, they're actually from here and they're here right now and there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all everyone has to do is just look at uh, um, some of the old uh, Twilight Zone and Outer Limits episodes, and uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there is uh, there are some screenwriters who uh, um, seem to have a good idea of what was coming. <laughs> what, what's your favorite Twilight Zone episode? Oh my gosh! Um, uh, I think uh, what is it? the monsters are uh, coming to Maple Street. That's a good one. Oh, I love that one. I like that's, to serve man. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> and also, uh, what was the one with the guy named Frisbee? Oh goodness, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know there are a lot of people out there, you know, right now screaming into their yeah <laughs> into their computers. Uh, you know, right. the title was, and, the, was it the truth in Frisbee? It was the one where the guy was like a tall tail spinner, mm-hmm. and spinning the yarn down at the corner store at the country store. And uh, he got uh, picked up by some by some UFO knots to try to kidnap him. Mm-hmm. First, he's, they were visited by these men in black type characters. Then he gets taken aboard the ship on his way home, and he barely escapes by using his harmonica as a sonic weapon. <laughs> he starts playing his harmonica, and he starts driving him crazy. And he gets off the ship because of his harmonica. He has some sort of sonic weapon. And he goes back into the store and he's telling them all about what happened. And nobody believes a word he says because he's a liar. <laughs> it was great. That's a really great I haven't seen that one in a long time. I'll have to look for that one again. He's got that guy. I, I don't know why I can't think of his name. 
Who's the guy that talks like this, you know? Mm-hmm. He's got that voice kind of like this. All I can think of is Slim Pickens, but it's not him. No, it's not him. It's, it's, not, Pat it's, Butcher. it's not Pat Butcher either. It's, it's no. another old cat. Mm-hmm. It was a character actor back in those days, but uh, um, I can I can probably find out what it is. But anyway, it's, it's I, I recommend it. It's got a character named Frisbee on it. Let me see if I find any. Well, well uh, while, while you're looking there, let me uh, uh, talk a little bit about uh, our uh, our guest tonight because we we need to uh, uh, go to our break pretty soon so we can bring him on. Uh, tonight we have uh, Carl Lehrberger, who is the uh, author of Secrets of Ancient America. Um, yeah, he's uh, done a lot of uh, rock art ex- uh, explorations at. Uh, he says has revealed a disturbing conclusion that we have been lied about uh, concerning our ancient history and what is uh, accepted as fact is instead mythology. He says that for decades I have visited and researched ancient uh, petroglyph sites in America to better understand our past with an eye on understanding the present. So, uh, it's very all, interesting. Stuff. Uh, I said this, this, I, I love this stuff. I mean, I just, I can't get enough of it. So, <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, well, you know, so many people have seemed to find these answers in ancient, uh, rocks and stones and rock art of various types and even Richard Shaver, you know, so mm-hmm. um, very okay. interesting stuff indeed. But the name of that was Hocus Pocus and Frisbee, by the way. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, and really cool. does it say who the actor was? Who? To play that role? You know, I could probably look that up, actually. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, let's but, go yeah, ahead. Let's go ahead and go to our break then. And uh, uh, when we come back, uh, we will be talking with uh, Carl Lehrberger. And uh, you are listening to the Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network. So stay tuned. We will be right back after these brief announcements. <laughs> They say I'm crazy Well, so are you Shackled hands Robots walking through the sand Anymore they say I'm crazy team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com 
remember, Future Theater can be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me and Nancy, I, Karumba, Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the PSN Radio. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. Share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to The Outer Edge Radio with William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz. Only on PSN Radio. Welcome back to The Outer Edge. I'm Mike Mott here with Tim Schwartz. It is Sunday night, February the 15th, where I am, 16th, where Tim is, and pretty soon I will catch up. It is uh, a a cold night where I am, a cold night where Tim is, I'm sure, much colder than where I am. But uh, the call-in number tonight is 76-245-8127-786-245-8127, facebook.com slash The Outer Edge Radio, or you can go to psn-radio.com to chat live in our chat room during the show psn-radio.com, but we probably won't be there because we don't stick around and hang out in the chat room. But uh, you can go there and talk if you want to. And uh, well, it's, and it's it's not like we don't like you because we do. But uh, you know, I mean, we're but we're, we're trying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're trying to concentrate on our show here, and uh, right. you know, and 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 make sure that we stay. You know, pay special attention to our guests, or so. we can spay something for you if you want us to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Write it down. Um, but anyway, we are very, very happy. Very, uh, actually, we're very, very uh, pleased to have Carl Lairberger. Is that right, Carl? As our guest tonight. Yes, it is. And hi, Mike. And hi, Tim. Carl, it's great having you with us tonight. Well, I'm really pleased to be here and excited to uh, to be on the outer edge. Great, great. Well, your stuff looks like it's right up our alley. You know, we, Tim and I both are diffusionists pretty much. I mean, uh, anybody with with any sense should be. So, 
<laughs> but yeah, you, your you, stuff you looks really it, interesting. You said it well. You, you, you said it well that uh, so many people are asleep, uh, and uh, you know, in, in my work uh, on, on, on the outer edge, I've I've kind of come to the same conclusions. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Well, the people it's, can it's just they, people they just believe what they're told. <laughs> well, Mike, or Mike, <laughs> Carl, um, looking uh, looking over your book, I mean, I see in your introduction you say that you uh, set out to discover a, a new history of America. Um, what uh, what what sets you on that journey in the first place? Well, I've been an explorer uh, most of my life, but in in 1986, I. I read uh, Barry Fell's American B.C. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess like us, uh, uh, Dr. Fell was, uh, uh, had a lot of different interests. He was a microbiologist at Harvard, but, but he was the leading, one of the leading diffusionist scholars of, uh, of, of the last century. And, and his book, uh, which, which talked about hundreds of different examples of uh, transatlantic and transpacific Contact with the Americas long before Columbus just fascinated me. And uh, at the time, I was living in New England, and, and a lot of what Dr. Fell wrote about was in New England. Uh, America's Stonehenge, uh, in uh, 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 along with stone chambers and uh, uh, the Newport Tower, all sorts of ex- exciting examples of uh, of uh, contact with, with with the old world. And I had an opportunity to, to begin to explore some of these sites and just became fascinated with uh, the, the contradiction of, of the paradigm of what was presented by the archaeological community and National Geographic and the Smithsonian. And here I was in New England looking at these stone chambers very similar to, to what was in England and Ireland with, with Ogham writing, which is a writing system that the, the Celts use invoking uh, sun gods. And it, I just couldn't understand this dichotomy in what I was looking at and what many diffusionist scholars had written about uh, over hundreds of years and the, the overarching archaeological paradigm. So, so that really got me going. And I uh, eventually ended up in, in Colorado and, and studied under my mentor, Bill McGlone, who, who was an engineer turned diffusionist. And he really taught me how to read the, read the rocks. And, uh, you know, I'll make the point here, and I made the point in the book, that, that 99.999% of, of, of the petroglyphs that we find in, in North America uh, are, are of Native American or the ancestors of the Native Americans. But there, there are uh, dozens, I'd say, and some, some, some proof examples that, that demonstrate that Celts and, and other foreign travelers made it to America thousands of years before Columbus. Hmm. You know, these, uh, these theories, these ideas, um, just, uh, to, uh, to most of the mainstream scientists just seem, completely off the wall to them and they a lot of them just i mean even refuse to 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 look at the evidence uh you know they they have their minds made up 
and uh, you know nothing is going to going to sway them. I mean, why do you think there is there's such a mindset uh, 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 against uh, this kind of evidence? Well, the short answer is people don't want to admit that they're wrong, and we find a lot of this. But in the case of uh, American diffusionism, we we have a, a class of, of of scholars that that I've named in the book the archaeo priest, and and these are the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers to the the magazines, to the peer reviewed journals, to graduate school, and if you don't toe the line, you don't you don't you don't get uh, uh, promoted in the universities. And you don't get the articles in the National Geographic. So the gatekeepers have uh, uh, done an incredible job of holding on the old paradigm that Columbus discovered America. And it's sad because uh, we don't know our history. And as a result of not knowing our history, we, we really don't know who we are. And, and hence, here, here we are as, as, as modern-thinking Americans uh, going around s- celebrating Columbus Day, which is a, really a celebration of of, of genocide. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, so, do you think that a lot of these, a lot of the, the opposition that you get in uh, with your theories might come from people who also have a vested interest, whether it's their their ego, as you were saying, or whether it's their their tenure, their position, their authority on a subject, their standing in the so-called archaeological or historical community, do you see a lot of that? That's that's really a big part of it. And but you know, going back to what you said, I think what I've experienced, uh, it, you can you can go to the Four Corners area of of, of, of Colorado where the Anasazi ruins are in, in the summer. And, and you can see literally hundreds of uh, uh, graduate students and archaeologists doing, doing field research. But you go to these dozen or so sites that have uh, uh, Celtic writing and archaeoastronomical alignments that, that line up on, on the, the sacred days of the ancients, which, which were the equinox, and the solstice and what's known as the cross-quarter days celebrated by the, the Celts, and you won't find them there. They, they refuse to go to the sites. And, and when they're reported in the literature, they, they will come up with the most harebrained theories of why these can't be Celtic writing. Uh, a great example is that some of the, some of the best examples that, that I've seen are, are, are in Oklahoma, in a series of caves called the Anubis Caves. And in this series of caves, there, there is this, this Celtic writing in Ogham that, that invokes the sun god Bel. It's time to worship. And they have all sorts of uh, petroglyphs from, uh, that were definitely not Native American. For example, uh, the uh, Egyptian god Anubis, is, uh, which is often represented as a, a jackal, uh, is, is, is represented in the cave as is the sun god Mithras. 
Well, yeah. uh, the archaeologists claim that the uh, uh, my mentors, uh, Bill McGlone and Phil Leonard, who, who were instrumental in deciphering the Ogun script in this particular cave, they themselves had 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 created the uh, the etchings and, and the petroglyphs. And uh, Bill McGlone was able to show that the graffiti in the cave from from 1898 was written over the the actual petroglyphs. You know, to show how what a laughing joke it was to suggest that they would have had uh, the abilities to 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 fake this. Now, having said that, and 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 relating to the question about you know, why so much skepticism, the truth is that I found there 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 have been a lot of hoaxes and fakes, uh, right? That we find in 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 the fusionist area. Uh, specifically in, in in the Midwest, so you know I've I've had to uh, take a very close eye and and to discern you know what are fakes and and what what are legitimate artifacts, and it's not easy so when you go to the, the the Midwest. Some of the some of the artifacts that are that are claimed to be you know made by old world peoples you know have have definitely been made by recent hoaxers. So the, the whole field has been muddied, but uh, that doesn't mean that, that it, the, the evidence isn't there and it, and it shouldn't be investigated. And, and I think that the mainstream archaeological community has to be uh, critiqued and criticized for not getting into the field and investigating these legitimate claims. Very interesting. So, what are your thoughts on the Burroughs Cave? <laughs> well, I I tried to contact Russell Burroughs, uh, and uh, for for your 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 listeners who may not be familiar with the Burroughs Cave, uh, a, a, he was a uh, a treasure hunter, and he claimed to have discovered uh, a, a cave that had uh, thousands of Egyptian artifacts and, and gold and. Um, uh, there's been pictures that have appeared. I contacted him and talked to him and tried to get an interview with him. He was not forthcoming. Uh, I I don't give much credibility to the Burrow Cave story. Uh, there just hasn't been any first-hand evidence that that I could investigate, or really any other investigators could could investigate. So this is one of those cases in 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 the, the specific to the Midwest that 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 I could not confirm to be to be legitimate. What's I know your, I, I I was going to say I know I saw um, on a uh, on a program not too long ago uh, somebody was looking into some of the uh, stone artifacts that were supposedly taken from the Burroughs Cave. And uh, uh, one of these uh, uh, carvings was on a uh, piece of marble, and they turned it around, and you could uh, pretty clearly see that at one time it had been a tombstone, and that somebody had made an attempt to, you know, uh, chisel off uh, the the original writing on on the back of it, and then you know fake it as as being an artifact. Well, that's that's unfortunately not unique, but but I would argue that for for just about every instance where you find a fake, you you you, you will be able to find legitimate artifacts. And you know, a great 
example would be uh, the the Nez uh, Prez Indian chief Joseph when he finally had to s- surrender uh, in 1877. He was wearing around his neck a uh, cuneiform tablet uh, that he ended up gifting to to the uh, the general who, who who captured him, and I still believe it's in the Navy Museum. But this uh, this cuneiform tablet was uh, has been dated to be at least three thousand years old, and uh, you know there, how how could a Native American chief come come across a a cuneiform tablet when when they couldn't even read cuneiform in those days. So right. there certainly are many examples of fakes, but there are also many examples of legitimate artifacts. And I found that the the most substantial of these artifacts are the petroglyphs and the inscriptions that you find uh, in in other languages. And it's not just the the, the Celts. The, the Kensington runestone in, in Minnesota was a, 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 a whole story written in, in runes, and it actually gives a date. Uh, I believe it was in, in the 1300s. So, again, where, where, where there, there are many, many um, cases of fakes, there's, there's also, I would say, hundreds of cases of, of artifacts that, that really couldn't be faked. And this is this is you know the big frustration of why won't these be investigated and why can't we read about them you know in the mainstream journals and and like uh, National Geographic I've never seen anything about the the, the Celts in National Geographic even though uh, for for forty or fifty years diffusionist scholars have have written about Celtic writing. Uh, Celtic uh, solar alignments that that coincide with Celtic festivals, and even a sixty-minute news crew uh, in the nineties made it to Oklahoma, uh, filmed one of these alignments, and uh, interviewed people that were able to interpret the the the, the uh, Celtic writing. This aired on sixty minutes, so, hmm. so you know thirty years later. National Geographic won't do a story on it. That's one of the reasons why we're ignorant of our of of our history. This overarching paradigm that has yet to crumble. Very interesting. So, so basically, you think that it's possible that that people from all over the world have been coming to North America for not just hundreds, but for thousands of years. Yeah, I'd go one step further. I'd say that 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 Columbus was last, not first. Yeah, and that uh, that 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 the fusion to the Americas occurred across the Atlantic and across the the, the the Pacific Ocean. And you know, we know that because these ancient travelers left their mark in stone. And it's pretty hard to to, to fake stone stone art, artifacts. There are experimental dating techniques that 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 uh, confirm this, uh, but but the but the the evidence is is also abundant that some of these writings that that have been left in America are done in in, in styles or with peculiar uh, uh, characters that weren't known at the time of the discovery. So it, it's it's a, 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 an, an example of that. 
is a uh, uh, in, in New Mexico. There's there's a, south of Albuquerque a site known as, as as Mystery Mountain, and one of the notable features of the site is the complete Ten Commandments written in Proto Hebrew. Hmm. And this 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 has been known for uh, at least a hundred years. And some of the characters uh, of of that that were written are, are are were not known at the time of discovery and are so specific to a to a location that that it the the, the writing left in New Mexico can you can pinpoint the location in in this case from Europe where where the the people who wrote the stone in 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 this proto Hebrew language before before block Hebrew lettering can still be seen today. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I know that, for instance, where I am, uh, some of the southeastern Indian tribes had actual Hebrew rituals, including a, a sort of the the whole feast of the tabernacles thing going on when uh, Europeans arrived here. Almost identical. Even some of the words and phrases were the same. So, you know, it's, it, it, there seems to be a, a very strong indication that many different groups from all over the world have been here at one time or another. And, you know, and not even talking about the, the blood type similarities yeah. between, for instance, the eastern seaboard, northeastern Indians and, and, and western Europeans. So, you know, there's definitely something going on. Those are, those are great points. And I, I mentioned that in the book about the, the Uchi Indians and the, uh, the, the similarities with the, the, their Feast of Booths uh, and, the, and the Hebrew uh, Feast of Tabernacles. And you mentioned the DNA. Uh, that, that has been noted by several scholars with uh, some of, of the Cherokee tribes. So right. in addition to the rock art, in addition to the, uh, uh, some of the artifacts, we're now seeing uh, uh, DNA that that is uh, complementary to to some of the uh, n- the native customs. I, I would like to say that that it, it would I think it would be a, a mistake to 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 talk about you know all Native Americans in in this regard that that there are so many different traditions of of the Native peoples and 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 we can't say that that it, 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 their culture. Or uh, you know uh, was uh, I- 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 impacted by uh, these European and, and, and trans-Pacific cultures, but we can we can point to specific tribes that that do have uh, a connection, and some of these tribes embrace that connection, such as uh, some of the bands of the Cherokee. Other tribes uh, are very insulted by the idea that uh, the white people would would claim that 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 they have a heritage that that goes uh, from across the ocean. So it's it's a very controversial area, not just for you know the archaeo priest, but 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 also the the Native American community. So. The new history of America, really, we all have to come to terms to a new paradigm. It's not just uh, uh, the National Geographic of the world, but, but all of us have, have, have a lesson to learn here in, in the new history. One of, right. one of the most fascinating things that, that, that I find in talking about this is, is nearly whoever you talk to and you ask them what their heritage is and their ancestry is, you can find a pre-Columbus connection to the Americas, you know, either it be it from the Mediterranean people 
from the uh, Celtic people and of, of Iberia, uh, of uh, some of the uh, northern uh, Africa, and especially from India and, and, and larger uh, Indus Valley cultures. Uh, most recently, we, we've, we've discovered uh, Chinese maps that show uh, North America and South America. So it's right. such a rich story that uh, uh, we, we come to conclude that Columbus was last, not first. Well, now, why would, if, if Columbus uh, uh, was last, I mean, what happened then to the knowledge that there, uh, that, that there was another uh, continent or you know, several continents <laughs> uh, on the other side of the Atlantic? I mean, you know, why, uh, um, uh, what happened to that? Well, that's a great question, and it, it's, there's there's not a simple answer, but but I think you can you can go back to to the the Roman Empire, and and when the Romans, you know, conquered the world, mm-hmm. one of their strategies was was to eliminate the merchant marines and the navies of, of of the conquered. So so a great example would be when they finally did conquer the the Celts, the 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 the, the navy was destroyed. So you, you, you find cases where uh, the, the uh, commerce that, that had transpired for thousands of years, mostly dealing in gold and silver, but also furs, uh, just came to an abrupt halt. And it, so this was, you know, a big part of the story. However, Columbus, uh, you know, was, had, had access to, to different maps and part of that knowledge came from the, his wife's side of the family, Felipe, who, who was a descendant of Henry Sinclair, the, uh, uh, the Norwegian and uh, uh, Scottish explorer who uh, uh, purportedly came to America in, 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 in the 1300s. So certainly through that side of his family, he, he had knowledge of, of uh, some, of the, some of the voyages that had taken place. But most of his knowledge came from the, the, the Arab maps that were left in Toledo, Spain, when the Muslims abandoned uh, Europe. Hmm. And you, you often hear about the great uh, knowledge from these libraries in the, in the sciences and, and in uh, astronomy and in literature. But you don't hear anything about all the maps that, that, that were uncovered. And the reason you don't hear about it is that the Columbus brothers were able to, to, to get these maps. And, uh, for example, Columbus, when he died, had over 10,000 maps. Um, and uh, it was a big secret. So when, when he approached the, 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 the Spanish mar- monarchy to come to, to America, uh, he, wasn't let, he, he, he perpetuated the idea that they were looking for India. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not America. So it was it was a secret, but it was all about the gold. It was all about the, the silver. And, and in this sense, you could say that this this was one of the big secrets uh, for a long time. In, in ancient days, the, the, the greatest merchants were the Phoenicians. And if, 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 if you wanted to, to engage in, in uh, uh, travel, you would you would contract with, with Phoenician merchants. And it was the Phoenicians that, that, that carried, for example, the Hebrews to America. They had the fleets. 
but they weren't going to share that knowledge. It was it was a secret how how to get here because ultimately that's that's where the gold and silver were. So there has been a conspiracy of history uh, to keep to keep America secret. On the other hand, some things are you know been very obvious. A great example would be all of the sculptures in India and in China that show ears of corn. You know uh, mm-hmm. these. Uh, so that the, the, in, in one sense, you could say that, that this this uh, interaction between the old world and the new world has been going on uh, for quite some time. And uh, it, uh, while at certain periods of time it was a secret, at at other times it was well known. And hence, corn made it made it. And and you know, we we all now know that some of the mummies uh, they've been able to identify by uh, cocaine. It can only be grown in in, in in South America. So uh, now the word is getting out among diffusionists, but it, it still is, seems to be too incredible to believe by the mainstream archaeologist. Well, I know the, uh, the, the whole thing with the uh, Egyptian mummies uh, being found with uh, cocaine and, and tobacco residue on them. Uh, I mean, when the story first came out, I mean, it was, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people who are like, you know, well, yeah, this, this, this definitely shows that there was contact between the old and new world. But then, you know, shortly thereafter, you know, the, uh, the, the, the great minds, and I'll put quotation marks around that, you know, came forward and poo-pooed it and said, oh, no, you know, that, that, that's, it's impossible because we know that there was no interaction between the old and new world and that this was somehow, uh, uh, modern contamination. And then the story just died. Well, you multiply that times uh, maybe uh, five hundred, <laughs> and you get the state of affairs. It's 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 not just the 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 plants. It's not just the animals. It's not just the the customs. It's not just the writing, and and on and in in caves in the rock art. It's not just the DNA. So it, anyone who who wants to look into this and investigate it. There's such a rich, rich history of, of, of scholarly work and evidence that, that I state in my book proves that, that the uh, Celts were here and, and along with other old world peoples over the last many thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And, Ed, you say that uh, uh, the reason for this... Uh, um you know uh, these these uh, journeys from uh, the old world to the new is for uh, trade, exploration, um, what have you. Well, I I believe that 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 it was initiated mostly for the gold, the silver, and the copper. The the richest copper sources on the on the planet are are, are from Michigan. The ninety nine percent pure copper that that was was very near the surface. It didn't take a lot of mining, and of course California, and uh, with all the uh, the Great Basin, with all the gold and silver, uh, this this was really the 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 impetus for for the the, the beginnings of these of these uh, uh, explorations. But when we get to the Celts uh, that that made their way into New England and from from their New England stronghold into uh, other parts of, of North America, we see an attempt at colonization, hmm. and and you can go to America Stonehenge today in uh, southern New Hampshire, 
and it's an extensive, extensive Celtic site that has uh, their 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 stone uh, places of, of habitation. They have their markers uh, on the horizon, so they could they could tell when the cross quarter days are and when the uh, the, the lunar extreme points uh, uh, are the cross quarter days. So uh, there was an extensive effort of the Celts to to expand, and we see some of that expansion uh, in the Oklahoma Panhandle, in southern Colorado, and in Kansas. Where they where they they left their their writing they they left their gods and goddesses inscribed in stone, and uh, they they also left uh, you know some of the the phrases of their prayers. In some cases, you can you can go to some places in in in, in North America like the Anubis Caves in Oklahoma, and find more uh, symbols of the the cult of Mithra than you can in Europe. Because in Europe, they, wow. most of Mithraic uh, sculptures in uh, the uh, temples were destroyed by the by the by the church. But here, in remote places where where these Celtic explorers made it to, there you can still find them and you can still read them. Hmm. Yeah, the, wasn't there something that that I, I'm I'm wondering? Were you the person in, who was in on this discovery of a, a of a light that came through? A gap in a cave wall and revealed a uh, a Mithraic uh, bull. Uh, in in the case I think you're talking about, it is Anubis caves, and it, it, what it what it the as on the equinox as the sun goes down, the, the, there is an animation. It's it's actually like a moving picture show that has the light and the shadows interplay with the with the petroglyphs on the wall. And as the sun sets, the, 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 the sun god Mithras goes into shadow. But standing above the, the sun god is the god of night, the, the Jekyll god, uh, Anubis. And there, there is a, a and, and so this is played out in this like fantastic picture show. It's it's really an incredible thing to see. Now in that cave, there 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 is a uh, petroglyph of a bull, uh, but I take that, and I think most of my colleagues take that to be a symbol of uh, uh, the age of Taurus, because there's there's also a a uh, a, a horse there. And, and other symbols that would that would relate to the constellations, the the ancients were an, you know had had an incredible cosmology, and and what we find in in their art is an integration of the, their cosmology and the constellations and their gods with the movement of of the of the sun and and especially at at equinox. And, and I think part of the reason that that moderns have missed this is that we don't think in those terms. We don't think in in, in terms of the cosmology and how how what's going on the on in the cosmos is is, is reflected here. So that we we miss a lot. An, an example would be that the archaeologists are so quick to look down and dig, and so often fail to look up. And see that that the real evidence, that the real artifacts are ar- archaeoastronomical. That that there's a story being played out. 
but you have to be there at the right place at the right time and you, and you have to be able to, to, to grasp what's being presented in front of you. And without that basis uh, or shared sense of, 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 of a greater cosmos, we can, we're looking at things and not understanding what we're looking at. And I think that's certainly the case with uh, the, the Celtic archaeoastronomical uh, alignments that, that we see in, in North America. Well, I mean, the, the whole, uh, archaeo, uh, astronomical, uh, alignments in Europe are still considered, uh, controversial. So I can see where, um, it would be, you know, uh, they would be even more disbelieving on anything that was, uh, discovered in, uh, North America. Well, I talk in the beginning of the book, I, I, I but before talking about New England, I, I do talk about uh, the, the, the ancients, uh, the Irish, and, and some of the monuments, for example, Newgrange, where on the winter solstice, the, the sun comes into this giant channel of this mound uh, uh, called Newgrange. And it, just on that one day, the, 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 or the, the, the sun goes through the chamber and strikes the back of the chamber. So, you know, while there might be some controversy, these are classic cases of evidence that, that the ancients oriented their structures to coincide with these, these festive days and, and undertook their, their rituals. And we see the, the same type of construction on a smaller scale in New England, and we see many of the uh, uh, same type of alignments on, uh, on a petroglyphic scale here in, in, in uh, uh, North America. So I, I, would, I would argue that, that it's these alignments that are so precise that line up on a specific date of the year that provides the smoking gun evidence that, that in this case of, of this discussion, the Celts were here. And, and what's even more spectacular about this is that not only do you have an alignment where the, the uh, sun comes into a cave in Colorado, uh, but you have an inscription and uh, it can be read in Gaelic that says, the sun strikes here on the day of Baal, hmm. excuse me, day of Bel, B-E-L, the, the old world sun god. And right. sure enough, it's only on the day of the equinox where that sun will, will, will graze that cave wall, specifically where it was it stated it would in, in Gaelic. So this is, to me, just, you just can't argue with this. If, if you go into that cave and look at it, and, and you're able to read the, the Ogham in, in a Gaelic language, I just don't know how, how you can refute that. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you think about it, you have uh, legends which are very similar to many old world legends in, in Native American tribes. For instance, with the, the whole Gloose Cap uh, uh, series of legends you, with, the, with the giant from the Native American tales, you have similarities to all the Norse myths, very almost identical a lot of times. So, you know, obviously there's got to be some sort of, uh, well, I guess you could call it cross-cultural pollination going on there because uh, some of these things are so unique that they simply in the way that they're put together they couldn't come up independently and be that that identical 
Well, that's that's just a great uh, a, a great case, and you know one of the uh, authors and researchers that I feature in my book, Gunnar Thompson, who wrote the book America uh, Discovery. He he talks about our heritage as being multicultural, and that 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 this is one of the things that have been lost in the whole story of Columbus discovering America. That you know somehow the the, the white uh, Christians discovered America, but but uh, Thompson argues, and, and I agree with him, that that we have uh, many many different cultures and many different bloodlines that have made it to 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 America. And instead of selling celebrating Columbus Day, we should be celebrating you know uh, the, the the diversity of our culture and indigenous cultures. So. Yeah. It's a wonderful. Well, that's but that's another thing, Carl. I mean, a lot of Native Americans are really, really become very defensive and very, very territorial when you start talking about the possibility that their ancestors may have come from all over the world in different areas and bringing their cultures. They they want very desperately to cling to the to the myth that all Native Americans are descended from people who crossed the Siberian land bridge. They may be to some extent, but they also had other influxes from. Um, you know the Phoenicians, the Norse, the the Polynesians. I mean, all these groups came here and and left a mark in some way. And they really, a lot of times, they don't want that information to be to be uh, accepted. That's so true. And 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 I, as a researcher, have 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 experienced that going to a a, a site in in California that that is, uh, I think, provides. Ample evidence that greater Indus Valley cultures made it to the to, to the Americas, and uh, the the local native native tribe was just so incensed. How can you suggest? They said that this was made by foreigners. These were made by our people, and uh, they claimed that the site was theirs. Meanwhile, well, they don't they don't understand that they are descended from the foreigners that there are people that they're calling foreigners are their ancestors you see what well, i'm saying in some cases and i think that you know we have to be very careful and and distinguish that it's there there's not just this group called native americans that there's just so much diversity among the native uh tribes that have survived the the, the genocide and where you you may have perhaps some native tribes that are really pure uh, Indian, if you will, have coming across the, the land bridge. You're going to find tribes uh, on the uh, Pacific uh, side that, that have uh, bloodlines or cultural uh, in, interface with Indus Valley cultures, and you're going to find the same on the Atlantic side. When, when the, 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 the first white people showed up, uh, you know, after Columbus, uh, one of the, the things that was surprising to them, how, how some of the native tribes, uh, you know, had light skin. And you've all uh, also referenced some of the, you know, the cultural impacts here. So I think that if, 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 if we don't tie Native Americans into one large kind of group called Native Americans that were influenced by old world travelers and really, you know, care to look carefully at, 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 at each tribe and with, 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 with respect, uh, we're, we're going to find a lot of a lot of, of connections, but the point is that that not just Native Americans, not just the archaeological community, but all Americans really have have a, have a, a new history to discover, and it's being 
open to, to, to that discovery is going to is going to enhance our country in terms of understanding who we are and what our place in the world is. Wow. Now, out of uh, um, out of all the places that you personally have have looked at, Carl, um, what would you say was the 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 one thing that you found that that got you the most excited that uh, uh, that that really I mean was uh, the the one thing that I mean to you was just just uh, uh, so clear evidence of uh, of what you've been looking for wow yeah i know i know (laughs) you know i i think that it it should be stated that 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 i set out to, to to really see a new history of america but 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 before i could see a new history of america i i had to become educated and i had to work with with really masters that have been looking at this for for decades, and so so to go into a, a, a cave and look at a petroglyph, or, or look at a series of lines, and and go, oh wow, this is incredible. Uh, it doesn't cut it. You, you have to have the background to to really understand what what you're looking at, mm-hmm. and as I said earlier, to be at the right place at the right time. And after years of, of study under the tutelage of, of uh, uh, Phil Leonard and, and Bill McGlone, who, who researched thoroughly the, 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 the Celtic connections to America, they, they, I, was, I was somewhat of a Johnny-come-lately to the whole deal. And, uh, but they, they gave me, uh, they invited me to join them one year to the Anubis Caves that we've been talking about in Oklahoma. And uh, watching the sun set on the equinox as the the sun was streaming into this cave, it, you could see the sun god with this uh, his open mouth like he was praying. And he goes into shadow as the sun sets, but above him stands this 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 Anubis jackal, a a, a canine figure with a, a, a staff coming out of his back that was very specific to the Egyptian god Anubis. And, and seeing the sun god go into darkness on the equinox as the, the god of night is enlightened to kind of carry, carry forward, I think was one of the great moments that kind of was the Oh wow! Moment. There, there, it's, I'm, I'm looking at something that that is sacred. <clears throat> I'm looking at something that was that was transported here from from another time and 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 another people. So I think that was one of my my great moments. But I would also say that that the the archaeoastronomy has been an inspiration, and we find the the archaeoastronomical traditions through throughout America, and they come down to the to, to really most recently to the, to the native americans some of the some of the greatest uh you know light shows that that you see on the equinox were created by native americans now we can talk about where they had that where they got that knowledge and and was there an in, influence from from across the ocean but you know what what we can say for sure is that that this is a uh 
the knowledge of, of, of how the ancients, you know, viewed reality. And they, they viewed it in a holistic uh, sense that integrated the, 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 the small and the big, the cosmos uh, with, with the, the, the petroglyphs. And that knowledge where you have uh, in, in, enshrined in stone and realizing that there is a message for us moderns uh, to learn not only about our ancestors, but really about who we are, is it was an incredible uh, uh, discovery for me and, and, and inspiration. And part of that inspiration is, and, and the reason for writing the book, is that, that these were not you know, just kind of left, you know, somewhat randomly. These, these, this is a story for the future so that, so that our, our work now is, is, is not only to, 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 to learn and, 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 and to interpret, but to pre- protect and preserve these, these, these incredible artifacts for, for, for future generations. So now, um, why do you think that uh, that 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 you're finding a, 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 a predominance of these petroglyphs and uh, and other items out uh, out west, uh, and 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 you know why would uh, uh, say like the the Celts? Travel that travel that far. I mean, um, uh, if if they you know uh, uh, came into North America from say like the East Coast, um, I mean that's that's a long way to travel through uh, what had uh, you know at that time had been you know a, what uh, forest. I mean, all the way to the Mississippi and a little bit past. You know, I mean that's that that wasn't an easy way to go. <laughs> so why so far? Well, don't forget that that you know we as moderns you know, think that was so far, mm-hmm. and we as moderns uh, can't imagine how they sailed across the oceans. But but if if if, if you if, if you realize that the for for example the ancient Celts and the and, and the ancient Indus Valley merchant marines. Their their ships were ten times bigger than Columbus's ships. You know they were masters of the sea. They were masters of navigation, and they were they were so better equipped than than what what Columbus had. So you know we have a tendency to think in terms of evolution that the the ancients you know didn't have knowledge. The ancients weren't sophisticated. That the ancients how could they have possibly got here when nothing further from the truth. Uh, they were they were much more adept at travel than 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 were the Europeans of of, of the Columbus era. Hmm. So part of it is you know just our failure to appreciate the 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 knowledge of the ancients. But specifically relating to the question of well, why did the Celts make it to uh, Oklahoma, for example? Mm-hmm. They followed the rivers. And, and, you know, from their uh, Celtic stronghold in New England or coming up the, 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 the Mississippi from Louisiana, they were able to make their way to the, the Arkansas River and head west. 
And then in exploring these these areas, they would go down the tributaries like, uh, uh, for example, the Purgatory River. And when they, you know, had to winter, they would find caves often with Native Americans. And that's where you find some of their 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 shrines and some of their petroglyphs along these waterways. But I'm convinced that that they were they were searching for gold. They were searching for silver. And, you know, we know uh, if there's anything that lights a fire under under people's, it's it's the quest for riches. And they certainly had that. But, you know, the biggest mistake of moderns is to underestimate the wisdom and the capabilities of the ancients. And, and, and by a thorough, a more thorough understanding of a new history of America, we're going to gain a much greater appreciation for for the knowledge of our of our ancestors. <laughs> well, now has there been um, anything else uh, uh, discovered? Uh, uh, I'm thinking along the lines of, say, like uh, 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 metal or, uh, or or bodies, even you know, uh, uh, bones that uh, you know can uh, clearly be be said that yeah, this is not Native American in origin. Well, I cite a case in the in, in the book from uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, there were uh, uh, 31 artifacts that were dug up not too far from Tucson, and most of these uh, many many of these artifacts were uh, lead uh, lead lead crosses. Some were were religious artifacts, but these uh, very heavy. Uh, lead crosses were inscribed in Latin and uh, it, it wasn't really great Latin but it was readable Latin and the, 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 the what was inscribed tells of a, of a, uh, a group of, of uh, Roman citizens that were that were Hebrews that 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 had made it to this area around uh, uh, Tucson and formed a colony called Calais. And the, the story uh, that unfolds uh, on these uh, lead tablets describes a, a, a group that arrived uh, in, in, in the late 700 A.D.s and uh, uh, tells the story of, of uh, what, what transpired with their kings and the battles with the Native Americans that they were referred to as Toltecs in, in, in the scribe's story. That eventually resulted in the uh, decimation of the colonists uh, by by the uh, the Native Americans in around 900 A.D. Hmm. So this is uh, uh, a, a, a great example of, of uh, uh, what I would call evidence. Although the the archaeo priest community has has considered these as fakes, hmm. these these artifacts are not. Uh, uh, on display, but but they are in the, a, a museum in, in in Tucson. I requested permission, and and I was kindly granted per, permission to to look at some of these artifacts. And it's not only the the, uh, the the lead crosses with the Latin writing, but there are religious uh, artifacts then that that have uh, Hebrew characters on them, and a very interesting blend of of of. of of, of late Hebrews and early Christian thinking and symbolisms, and again, this is I think an example where where you have instances in the in the New World 
of, of uh, uh, stories, evidence, and cosmologies of the ancients that have pretty much disappeared from hmm. from, from the old world. Mm-hmm. So they're they they're also back to the back to the metal. There's hundreds of cases of coins that that have been um, found. Most of them have, have been found in, uh, uh, around the seaboards uh, that have been washed up. And, and, but one uh, coin that, that, I, that I do have a photograph of in the book is a, a Roman coin that was excavated near Springfield, Colorado, uh, when they were digging a well. And it was like three, three or four feet below the surface of the ground. So it's wow. not that these, these artifacts aren't here. Uh, it's it's that that they're, uh, they're they're not considered legitimate by by the archaeological community, and and certainly the argument can be made in the case of the coins that you know later day people you know could have planted them or or, or whatnot, but but the, the the sheer number of them and the, uh, the the wave of the different groups of them that have washed up in different locations, I think as a whole. You know, pretty much prove that that they uh, that that coins are le- legitimate artifacts. Although any one coin, you know, could be disproven. Hmm. So again, there are plenty of artifacts for those that that choose to investigate them. Hmm. All right, well, gentlemen, it's time for us to go to our uh, next break here. So uh, when we come back, we'll uh, uh, I want to I want to continue. Um, this line of conversation about uh, about artifacts, but uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and take our break. You're listening to the Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network. We will be right back, so please stay tuned. I would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. You lousy corksuckers! You have violated my fargan rights. This Samanambaching country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan ice holes like yourselves. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey girl, school zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We're rewarding you for something you already do. Listening to us. It's radio loyalty, and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff. All you do is sign up. Go ahead and click the banner now. You'll earn points as you listen. Points you can trade in for great products and services in the radio loyalty store. You can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Radio loyalty. It's free to sign up. So click the banner to join now. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Outer Edge Radio with William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz, only on PSN Radio. Welcome back to The Outer Edge. I'm Tim Swartz, and tonight we're talking with Carl Lehrberger, and uh, he is the author of uh, Secrets of Ancient America. And uh, before we left, um, we were talking about, um, oh, uh, uh, you know, like a uh, uh, metal, uh, leaden crosses, I think, uh, uh, was what you had uh, mentioned first, Carl. And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, why do you think, uh, first of all, if, uh, and, and we'll talk, we'll talk about the crosses, but I mean, you know, there, there are other examples along this line. Uh, why do you think if these things were considered hoaxes, uh, uh, why would the museum still, uh, still keep them in their collection? Well, you know, there, there, there are examples in uh, uh, Iowa where there are stone tablets that, that, that have been referred to as the, the, the Davenport stones uh, that, that Barry Fell claimed showed, uh, you know, an old world festival. Uh, they are on display there, but... I, I think they're on display to because uh, to, to show that there were hoaxes, hmm. and uh, it, you know I did go to see these these particular artifacts that were on display, and and I went through the history of them and the controversy of them, and 
books have been written on both sides. And, you know, looking at them in a museum, I couldn't, uh, I, I'm not an epigrapher, so I couldn't say for sure, uh, like Barry Fell suggested, that they were, they were definite artifacts. So in, in, in the case of, of those, those artifacts, they're, they're on display to, to show that, that, that they were, uh, hoaxes and, and the whole area of diffusionism and, and Barry Fell was a crackpot. Hmm. So, you know, that's, that's one case. In talking about the, the Kalalis artifacts in uh, Tucson, they're, they're in the museum. They're, they're, they're very well preserved. They do let scholars in to take a look at them. I don't think the museum takes a position one way or the other, whether they're, they're hoaxes or not, or, or, or perhaps they, they, that's why they're not on display, um, because of the controversy. So one of the big challenges that, that, that all of us have is that these uh, artifacts are locked away in museums. And, and part of what I call for at the, at the, at the end of the book is, is, is the opening up of the, of the records. And once that happens, a lot more of these uh, evidences and artifacts, albeit some of them may be hoaxes, you know, will become available for for researchers to, to look at. But the, what's what's most I, I'd say uh, disconcerting is 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 how many of these artifacts seem to disappear, hmm. and uh, you know you you hear reports of them, but then they're gone. Uh, you know, a great example would be a a, a report that appeared in uh, 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 Arizona uh, uh, at the Grand Canyon of uh, a fantastic find of an, of uh, Egyptian artifacts, and there was three days where it was front page story in in the local newspaper, quoting archaeologists and what they had found, but but after those three days. There's nothing more that can be found in the record. You, know, you cannot find anything else. And the, and the particular location in the Grand Canyon where, where uh, it was cited in the article that, that these artifacts were is completely closed off. Nobody can get in there to confirm it or deny it. The Smithsonian that was, that, that was cited in these articles as, as, as being the sponsors of the research claimed that it never happened. So... You know, the, the part of the, the problem is that the gatekeepers, the archaeo priests that, that often control what goes into these museum displays and what is left out, you know, is is pretty much censored. So that's that's the big challenge that that, that, that we all have and why the, the records have to be opened up if we're really going to get an understanding of, of, of who who was in America before Columbus. Well, I know uh, we've had a guest on our show um, who is uh, uh, very familiar with the uh, the Grand Canyon area, and he says that the the the, the location, the area that he thinks that uh, uh, that that cave with the Egyptian artifacts uh, was located, um, is it's completely sealed off isn't the right word, but I mean it's 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 basically I mean it's a no trespassing area. You know, you're not allowed to go there at all, and uh, and in fact that it's uh, the location is also you know, extremely uh, dangerous, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, sheer cliffs and uh, but uh, just just basically just forbidden to go there. 
Well, I think it, it comes under the category that the, the, the record has been expunged. And uh, so, so in, in, until we, we get a, 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 fair, uh, a fair reading of, 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 the, of the additional uh, of evidence that, that's out there, we're, we're going to be having the stories of the Grand Canyon that, that we can't prove. Now, fortunately, there are artifacts that we can say are legitimate. Fortunately, there are writing in caves that, that we can say are Celtic. And so it's not that, that this is a showstopper, but clearly the, the record has been expunged and we remain in, in ignorance. I, I will say uh, and remind our, our audience that, that uh, they can find out more about the book, Secrets of Ancient America, at uh, my, my website, newhistoryofamerica.com. And I talk a little about uh, the background of the book and, and my own background. But any of your listeners that, that want to, to get a copy of the book can go to www.newhistoryofamerica.com to find out more. Now, have Sounds you, uh, yeah, have you, have you read across any, uh, any examples of, uh, uh, of, uh, of artifacts or, or, or petroglyphs or, you know, anything along those lines that, you know, I mean, uh, where they've been declared hoaxes or just, just basically, you know, uh, loudly ignored to such an extent that you just want, you know, you just want to roll your eyes and say, oh, come on, give me a break. Well, you know, it's, it's, it really is, is, is more than that. I mean, I've witnessed the, the debates between uh, uh, my mentors, Bill McGlone and, and, and Phil Leonard, debating, you know, some of the archaeologists and the kind of, of things that are said by the archaeological community to refute solid researchers and solid evidence is just shocking and with the, the total disdain and disrespect. So, so this is, you know, part of my learning curve and background that, that it's only through very careful research, uh, based on, on, on scientific methodology are, are we going to be able to prove to the scientific community, those that still use uh, science as a tool, that that the Columbus myth is a fabrication, and that the the old world peoples from both uh, uh, the Atlantic side and the Pacific side were here. So, so to be honest, the, the reason I wrote the book was because my eyes got got tired of coming out of their sockets so much, uh, rolling around at, at at seeing firsthand evidence, yet 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 not. Uh, not not seeing that evidence presented in in mainstream archaeology or in the mainstream press or media, so that's that's the story of diffusionism in America, and it, and it's really worse than that. Uh, that 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 many of these scholars have been so discredited that you know it's 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 made for a a, a, a struggle to to maintain their credibility and, and livelihood. You know, one of the authors and researchers that I feature in my book is is, is Gunnar Thompson, an, an anthropologist who wrote America D Discovery, and uh, you know he could not get his his dissertation published. Uh, it, it was a it's a dissertation on on twenty main symbols from from Asia that made it to um, uh, the, the Mayan uh, uh, culture, 
and he documented these 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 symbols. Some of them, you know, you 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 may be familiar with uh, that are that are very common. Like for example, the 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 serpent with the the head of a man coming out. Uh, well, he shows in his book, and he he graciously allowed me to reprint them. That these these contrasting these different uh, symbols from Asia and and in um, Mesoamerica, and they're they're nearly spitting images. But but Gunnar Thompson, he was never given tenure. He he was never given the access to the main archaeological forms, and uh, uh, he was really discredited all along the way. So this is the it's it's not just about me rolling my eyes, but it's about a history of diffusionists, you know, being being discredited. That is really the tragedy. Wow, that's pretty cool. And so let me ask you this. If you have this battle that you face in terms of gaining acceptance for, the, for these ideas, and believe me, there's this, I know this battle's been going on for a while now, what do you think is the most effective way to get the mainstream to start taking this seriously? Well, that's, that is perhaps the question of the day. I do know that that my mentors, uh, based in science, wrote methodically uh, about this, and not just a about a particular site, but about the whole uh, the whole discussion of diffusion in, in America, and 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 in their books, they're they're highly critical of the. Uh, Diffusionists, some of the diffusionist scholars, including Barry Fell, uh, who had sloppy research techniques. And lo and behold, you know, as good as their research is, they weren't able to break through the paradigm. And uh, I haven't really seen anyone who's been able to break through the paradigm. And that was one reason for writing the book. Uh, an example, uh, you know, would be a, a name common to, to, to many, uh, Thor Heiderdale. He was, mm. you know, famous for sailing the, the Contiki to prove that, that straw boats could make it across the, the ocean to, to, to America. And he did that. And he was a celebrated diffusionist. Everybody loves Thor Heiderdale. But very few people know that, that his major work on diffusionism uh, was never published outside of Norway, a book called No Borders. And this book, uh, which is based in large uh, amount on, on Vatican records, he was given access to the Vatican Library, parts of it anyway, and he was able to uh, uh, document that the, that the church had their, 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 their priests uh, collecting taxes in, in the New World, in what was known as Greater Vinland. And so even someone with the incredible reputation of Thor Heyerdahl could not get his book published outside of Norwegian. And most Norwegians haven't even read it. So for me to talk about it in my book, I, I had to find somebody who, who could speak Norwegian. So, you know, I guess I would say this uh, to, to your question. I took it upon myself to, to document this as thoroughly, thoroughly as I could. And, and get it out there where uh, my peers, who are certainly better writers and certainly better researchers than I, uh, 
you know, had, had, had not been successful. I, I really think that, that when we see National Geographic do a story on the Celts or the Smithsonian, you know, taking a very close look at DNA evidence from, uh, uh, uh the Mediterranean and, and from uh, Egypt and, and that part of the world in, 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 in the native DNA, we will have finally broken through. But until then, uh, uh, in, until the, the main publications continue to hide this from the public, uh, we're, we're all going to be kind of scrambling in the dark. Wow. Well, so this is something I've always said about this topic. Knowledge is power. Whoever controls the knowledge controls everything. And, you know, you, you talked about the church. The Catholic Church. Well, obviously, their representatives were the, were the Spanish, um, and uh, that's why Columbus was hired to sail for the Spanish king and queen. Um, at the same time, though, you know, you had a battle for supremacy here uh, between the British and the, the the French and the Spanish, and a lot of things that happened, I think, might have been done as a byproduct of that battle. In other words, to, to be able to say we were here first, because whoever was here first or could claim that their ancestors were here first could claim the continent. Um, and I think, for instance, that's, that's what happened to the Mandan tribe. I really believe that they were intentionally given infected blankets because it was about to be revealed that they were Welsh, which would have given Britain a huge advantage over Spain and France in terms of, of uh, claiming the continent. Um, they could have said, hey, yeah, this, these, these are our people. They were here, uh, hundreds, hundreds of years before Columbus. And so th- when you have this, these, this type of battle for controlling the narrative, um, things get covered up. You know, you see the same sort of thing happened with, uh, Kennewick Man. Um, uh, Kennewick Man obviously was, was either Polynesian or, or European, but that information was not politically correct and it went against, various uh, groups agendas and there was a very strong effort to shut that down and not let that information come out and fortunately it did but uh, I, I think that a lot of times when this information is not allowed out there are other things going on you know like a, a, as in the case to, of anomalous remains okay um, you know like giants giants who have been found the their remains have been found red haired giants giants with little tiny horns on their foreheads these things have actually been found they've been photographed they've been taken away to be studied and then oh lo and behold they're lost forever because they don't fit the paradigm or they don't fit the narrative what do you think about that i i, I totally agree with you and and uh, the, the 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 story of of Kennewick man which was you could almost say was a conspiracy uh, by the archae- by the archaeological community and the and 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 the Native American community, uh, the, while while some of the evidence did come out, Kennewick Man was was eventually, uh, even though he, he he didn't seem to have any ancestry to the Native Americans, you know, was 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 given back to the Native Americans who who buried him somewhere, a smoking gun evidence with with DNA and and you know. That, that would have really provided convincing proof that that that, that a trans-Pacific people had had landed here is is gone, you know, now forever. So there's 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 certainly no no doubt about it. Also, your example of the uh, Mandan tribe, 
this was a a, a, a tribe that, that that had beards. They were they were white skinned, fair skinned. Their their language uh, included words in, in Welsh, and uh, uh, you know they they were decimated uh, by. Uh, and, and I had not, by the way, heard the story that, that, that you reported that it was the blankets that, that that killed them. But certainly, it is a historical record that they they they, they did die of, of diseases bought by the white people. So, so well, here you well have, basically, what happened was was Caitlin returned to Washington to report and revealed that he had discovered that they were Welsh because he spoke Welsh, and Congress was mounting an expedition. They agreed to fund it and send him back. And when he got back during the time he had been gone, word had gotten out that he claimed they were white Indians, Welsh Indians, there. And by the time he got back. Lo and behold, some French traders had just happened to come by and give them some infected, smallpox-infected blankets. Now, i they've been living there for uh, scores of years, hundreds of years. They had slowly moved up from Mobile Bay through the continent and left signs of their passage all along the way, usually in the form of Celtic hill forts and things of that nature. So, you know, they I find it hard to believe that that was a coincidence that those Frenchmen showed up at just that time to hand out those disease blankets, you know what I mean? It's it's really the the somewhat of a conspiracy of of, of, of history. The story of, of the Welsh, the the and Prince Maddock in in, in America. There's just a, such a rich story there, and even uh, Thomas Jefferson, when when uh, Lewis and Clark, uh, you know, set out on their journey, he he admonished them to look for evidence of of of, of, of the Welsh king Prince Maddock who had made it to America, and you know, even today there are uh, uh, evidences of of Prince Maddock's fort in in your part of the world. And there was even a, a park that I cite in the book that had a uh, a plaque uh, right. that uh, you know celebrated uh, Prince Maddox's exploration of of, of uh, America and and the building of this fort. But that was eventually having to take down. So they took down that that sign. And even though the the old runes are there, and they're they're clearly yep. not Native American runes, and they're very similar to to what the Welsh you know would have constructed. You know, the evidence is here if we choose to look for it. Yeah, yes, it is. It definitely is. Well, what, what else are you looking into these days? Have you got anything new that you're uh, investigating in terms of this particular line of investigation? Well, I, I did not, uh, you know, talk about the, in, in, in my book, uh, the, the Giants. It was, although I, I, I wrote the chapter, but I, I couldn't find the smoking gun, so I, I didn't talk about it, and I didn't want to divert my story uh, from you know based on on scientific smoking gun evidence that that has been presented by other researchers. Uh, but but that that remains you know a great interest to me. It's it's really part of part of our our, our history, and you know I'm I'm. Excited with the with the prospect of DNA evidence, uh, most recently showing that that that, uh, that humans and and Neanderthal uh, interbreeded, and all of a sudden this just opens up a whole new line of, of research and understanding that uh, you 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 had this crossbreeding 
of of uh, the the humans with with uh, Neanderthals and 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 other human type forms that that really uh, point to the 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 likelihood of, of of tribes of giants or groups of, of of giants that existed. So I think that's that's really worthy of a pursuit. Something something that I'm interested in. I also think the connection and working with with Native Americans that are receptive to this uh, line of research. I think that when you when you have uh, the for example, the site that I talked about in California uh, that, that, that was done by uh, Indus Valley people, created uh, by Indus Valley people and claimed to be created by Native Americans. It, I believe that it was the Native Americans who really were the guardians of this site and for, for, for quite a long time. And they, they, did, they did not claim it to be theirs, and they, but they protected it. And I think you find this throughout North America. So bridging the gap between the Native Americans who, who really are open to uh, an, an understanding of some of these explorations without the whitewashing that, that would often accompany this is fertile ground for uh, demonstrating not only the new history of America, but, but, but forming alliances that's, that's going to bring us out of this age of darkness, all of us. So that's a very fertile ground of research, and hopefully the book will give me enough credibility uh, that that uh, I can I can work with some of the uh, receptive Native Americans, and and more of this evidence will be forthcoming. So, do you find that some Native American groups embrace the idea? Well, yes. There's a uh, there's a there's a tribe of of, of Cherokee uh, that 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 has a project called the Moses Project, and this particular tribe uh, uh, does believe that that they have a uh, an, a Jewish ancestors going way back. So uh, I'm not sure if if that's you know generally accepted among Cherokees, but certainly among this particular tribe it is. So. There's also tribes that, that that talk about their mythology of their ancestors coming across across the ocean. So you know, uh, it, it's 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 really not unlike uh, you know what 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 we find in in in, in our group. Here here we are, we're, the three of us being very receptive to this, being being diffusionist, if you will, being open to to a new way of seeing. Uh, while while most of America. Re- Remains in the dark, and and most of the uh, academic community uh, wants to, to to keep it that way. You know, we're we're going to find that in 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 some native groups as as well. So, I like to believe that that we we all have to be open to a, a new history of America, and and, right. and and not only that, but but understand the implications of the old history. And, and how the celebrating the conquest, as we do with Columbus, has really uh, evolved into the culture that we are, a, 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 a warrior culture. Right, right. Well, what do you think about uh, uh, the idea that they were Phoenicians mining copper in the Great Lakes region? Oh, I think that the, there's, there, there's little doubt, in my opinion, Right. And that the uh, much of the, the the metal for the Bronze Age was fueled by by copper from uh, from from Michigan, but but they 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 really didn't stop there. I think you you see 
examples of, of, of Phoenicians in, in South America as well, uh, mining silver, specifically in Ecuador. There was an incredible collection amassed by a, a, far, a father, Carlo Crespi, uh, in, in Ecuador. Uh, and he, he collected uh, oh, thousands of different artifacts from, from natives. But, but some of these, and, and I would say many, many scores, were, were indicative of, of old world cultures. And, I'm, and, I'm, and, and these were golden tablets made in, in gold. That, that, that had a, a Syrian and Babylonian uh, 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 carvings and, and, and uh, cuneiform-type text. Uh, and as, as we find in so much of, of the new history, these have all disappeared, even though you know, we have photographs of them, we have write-ups on them, but they're not to be... They're not to be found. So, so you know, many of the people in the archaeological community will say, well, they were fakes. And I would say, why would why would anyone fake uh, a, a, a an Assyrian tablet on on gold? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, because that's the quickest and easiest thing to say. It's the same thing as people who say that every UFO sighting or every anomalous animal creature, whatever sighting, is is a hoax or a, a hallucination. Because it's easier just to dismiss something than it is to come up with a rational explanation for it. Well, I don't think we're uh, most most humans, especially those that have been groomed in the the, the scientific community and, and those that have been groomed in the archaeological community, you know, are are are, are receptive to a new way of thinking, and uh, especially if it if it means that that they have to admit to themselves that they've been wrong, and for some reason this is uh, too difficult. For for uh, academians, and this is the, this is the challenge for us all. That uh, with the, with coming of a new history, we we have to admit that that we've been lied to about the old history, and this is something that uh, uh, it's very very apparently very very hard for for moderns to accept. <clears throat> but I think it also you know relates to to not just a academian admitting that he's wrong. But it's a it's it's really a cultural prejudice that we have uh, yeah. of, of great white uh, conquering of America and uh, the American exceptionalism that that is so much a part of our culture and is and is and as Gunnar Thompson you know so brilliantly argues our our true heritage is a multicultural heritage it's a diverse heritage and and so this is something to embrace and this is. Uh, with armed with this kind of evidence, we can we can challenge the old the old history, and that's that, I think that's part of the answer to your question about what it's going to take. It's going to take uh, the the students in these classes demanding of their professors to to talk about you know what about the Celts in Oklahoma, what about the Phoenicians in uh, mining copper, what about the rune stones from Norwegians in Minnesota. Right. What about the Babylonian tablets in in South America? What about the Mayan symbols in uh, 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 Middle America that are spitting images of what we see in uh, uh, Asia? You know, when when we see that kind of pushback, when we see the that's when we're going to see the the, the wall begin to crumble. Hmm. Well, now, um, how far back would you say that uh, there have been 
uh, uh, people coming to to North and South America, and and not just the you know the the the, the Siberians who came over the Bur- you know the Bering Straits, uh, but uh, uh, but but others you know uh, besides that. I mean, I know that there have been allegedly uh, skulls that have been uncovered that appear to have uh, Neanderthal. Uh, characteristics, but of course, you know, without any, you know, DNA evidence, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of hard to prove, but I mean, you know, what would you think? What would your estimate be? Well, you know, kind of turning your, your question on its head and, you know, we, we see in, uh, West Virginia, we see, uh, this, this kind of Ogham type writing, uh, that I talked about earlier. That, that was written in old Irish, you know, and and here we're 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 perhaps talking about 800 years ago, mm-hmm. and and then going back further, uh, earlier Celts uh, leading their Oga marks in New England and 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 in Colorado and Oklahoma, go back, you know, in in approximately I'd say 2,000 years to you know right around the time of Christ, a couple hundred years before, a couple hundred years after, until they conquering by the Romans. Uh, the, the, the copper mining goes back many thousands of years be, 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 before that. Hmm. But, you know, we get to an age where, where there, there really aren't a lot of artifacts. Uh, some of the, the sites that I visited in California that are indicative of Indus Valley cultures, uh, these, these petroglyphs are almost, you can't read them. They're, they're so worn. It's only when the, the sun is, you know, low in the sky and you have side lighting can, can you even see these things? So the, the records uh, with both age and, and, and with vandalism are, are disappearing be- before our eyes. The, the uh, cuneiform little pendant that Chief Joseph was, was wearing when he was captured in 1877, uh, a, a Syrian scholar uh, takes that back to 2000 B.C., uh, some of the things from Father uh, Crespi's collection in, in, in Ecuador seem to be about that time frame. Uh, I think there was a, a, a continuous uh, flow of people uh, from, from the Atlantic and in the, in, in the Pacific going back at least that far. We do have some evidence of the, the, the Greeks and, 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 and their peers you know, were, were in America. So it, it becomes tricky. But I'd say we can go back uh, credibly at least 4,000 years, but the copper mining uh, from, from old world people of, of Europe was, 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 was earlier than that. Mm, wow. Well, I, I know that uh, I just uh, heard recently that uh, some analysis that was done on um, copper ingots that was found in a shipwreck uh, on the bottom of the Mediterranean that it was uh, indistinguishable from the copper that uh, came from uh, the uh, the upper peninsula of Michigan. Now, why don't we see that in the Smithsonian Magazine? Exactly. Uh, that's that. That was my point. I mean, this was just you know like a little a little new, you know news blurb, and and then that was it. You know, you don't hear anything else about it. Well, uh, off off the coast of South America and Central America, they've 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 found. Roman era vases that they used to, you know, transport their their goods in have have been discovered in at least two locations and reported uh, in in the in the archaeological records. Why aren't these, 
you know, put in history books. So again, I make the point: the evidence is there uh, it, for those willing to to look at it, and for for those who do see it, we we have to continuously ask the question: Why isn't this part of the historical record? What more proof do we need? Well, I know that uh, one of the locations in uh, uh, Brazil of uh, those uh, 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 shipwrecks with the, uh, the 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 clay pots was deliberately um, covered up with uh, uh, with dirt. Uh, they they took ships out there and deliberately dumped uh, uh, like uh, construction fill on those sites. And you know, the, everyone said, "Oh, you know, it's a uh, you know." Just an accident, but nothing to see here, folks. Move along. <laughs> it's a tragedy. It's, it's you know, it, you know what it's like in that story you tell. It, it reminds me of, of of the story of of the Planet of the Apes, and I and I cite this in the last chapter of the book. Right. And for for our our, our audience, uh, you know, who, who may not quite remember it, it as as the book end, as as the movie ends with Charlton Heston, the the the, the chief. Ape of, of science uh, is burning the the archaeological evidence that uh, uh, that ape culture came from humans, and it was that Cornelius, the the chimpanzee archaeologist, who who claimed that that uh, there was evidence of an ancient culture before the apes, and there was uh, Zeus was his name, and and he he burns he burns the whole thing, so. You know, this is a sad part of our history. It's a tragic part of our history, uh, and it, and it and it continues uh, uh, to, to 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 go on and on. However, what what I demonstrate in the book is that in spite of all that, that there are dozens and scores of smoking gun evidence, whether they be the Kensington stones, you know, in Minnesota. The Celtic evidence, uh, you know, throughout North America, uh, uh, Roman Roman artifacts and coins, uh, and 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 Latin writing uh, in in Tucson, to the Indus Valley cultures in 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 the Great Basin and in California, and in even some of the cultural evidence that we've been talking. It's it's not that that we there there's a limit of of, of evidence. What's what's limited is our willingness to explore it. Mm-hmm. But the but the evidence but but the story you cite is just tragic, and unfortunately, it's it's uh, part of the part of the I think brainwashing that we we as moderns have to face that that history is being erased in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. The the victor controls the history. That's right. That's right. Well, gentlemen, uh, we are almost out of time here. So, Carl, why don't you uh, uh, tell our listeners once again where uh, they can find you online and uh, where they can uh, find your book as well? Yes. Uh, my website is newhistoryofamerica.com, and I have a, a link to purchase the book there and a little more background. That's www.newhistoryofamerica.com. And this has been such a great show. I, I, I hope you guys consider having me back. And I, I want to thank your, your, your audience for listening. Oh, it's our pleasure, Carl. Do you, Thanks, uh, are, are you working on a, 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 another book uh, currently or thinking about it? 
I'm a I'm a, a a professional renewable energy entrepreneur. So I uh, uh, I have continued to work in the renewable energy field for for really the last uh, 40 years of my life. That that is the the focus of, of my professional work, and I continue to uh, advocate renewable energy and specifically. Uh, a, a company that I'm affiliated with, Pure Vision Technology, is scaling up a, a, a new biorefining technology that converts uh, uh, biomass, uh, non-food green plants into many different products. So that's really the focus of my work these days. But uh, I continue, especially around the equinoxes and the solstices, to get out in the field and uh, to, to do my best to to uh, talk about this uh, subject of the new history of America and the need to open up the records. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have a conversation. And, and as for other work, uh, I just want to encourage and propel other researchers, investigators, archaeologists, and students to, to pick up the trail. And there are so many of them. Uh, I stand on the on the on the shoulders of giants, and I sure hope I can inspire uh, young people out there to to do what I did. To 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 don't don't take my word for it. Go look for yourself. Find the records. Do it, delve into the controversy and come to your own conclusions. And I'm pretty convinced that if you have an open-minded review, you're going to see that, that we've been lied to about our history, and there is a new history of America to discover. All right. Well, Carl, thank you again for uh, uh, being with us tonight. And uh, stay on the line for uh, just a minute after we uh, sign off here. So uh, this has been uh, The Outer Edge. You are listening to the PSN Radio Network. Be sure to tune in next week for another fantastic show. So this is Tim Swartz with Mike Mott. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all again really soon. Good night. Good night.